Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Charles Schwab Challenge DraftKings Picks and Preview. Remember, smash the like button out there. In the comment section, you tell me your favorite single play in the $6,000 range for the Charles Schwab Challenge on DraftKings this week. The Listener's League link is open right now. It's filling up quickly. Link is in the description of the video and pod. If you have... If you are watching the video because you've tuned in from the audio podcast. There is a problem with Apple Podcasts right now. If you did the update on your phone, that shows just are disappearing. They're not showing up on time. So I'm working to rectify the problem. It's not just me and the Mayo Media Network. CBS is having the problem. ESPN is having the same problem. It's an Apple problem. Hopefully they get their their shit sorted out very soon. Because that'd be very nice, because, you know, the numbers, all of a sudden, you know, it's going up, 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 and then it's like, oh, yeah, no one downloaded the show today. That's really weird, because uh, no one can actually download it or find it. You have to, like, go and search it. I post it up on Twitter if you're looking for a way to kind of jerry-rig around it in the interim until they get their shit figured out. Um, but until then, you're watching it here on YouTube, so hey, welcome. Uh, it's available on every other podcast mm-hmm. server, too. If you use Overcast or Spotify or Stitcher, it's still popping up there. It's just Apple Podcasts is having the issue right now. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo will get you 20% off all the stats, all the tools, the lineup generator, the tournament simulator, ownership projections. It's all there for you. Check it out. Get your 20% off with FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Bringing him in because he's owed an appearance on the show. Because we fought the last time he was on. He said K.H. Lee. I said Wyndham Clark. He cashes a 200 to 1 ticket on K.H. Lee to win. And turns out to be a pretty good DraftKings play himself. Wyndham Clark. Eh, he's fine. No, no K.H. Lee. Put it that way. Jeff Ulrich from DK Live and AwesomeO.com. At the Fantasy Grind on Twitter. Congratulations, sir. You won this round. I did. Um, yeah. Good timing, man. I don't know. Heating up a little bit in the batting area. You'll have to see it, but... Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, it was a cool cool sweat. I mean, I, I don't think I've hit a, a guy that big for a while, if ever, so it was cool. Yeah, a 200-to-1 winner, that that's like a, it's funny, because we, we throw out these 200-to-1 winners almost every single week. Uh, spoiler alert, yeah. they never win. So <laughs> I, I, that's one of the, I don't think I've ever hit a 200-to-1 winner. That hasn't been, like, in I, running. Yeah, I think 200, it's definitely, I'm, I'm almost positive I've never hit someone that big, but I did hit, I have hit like a, I hit like 150 to one on the corn Ferry tour with Curtis Luck last year. So that's a, that's another big one, but uh, it's like, I was telling people, you, if you hit one guy over a hundred to one every year, like you were laughing. So nice, nice to get it out of the way, I guess. Well, realistically, I made this promise to Feinberg at the very beginning of the year. I was like, I'm just not going to bet anyone over to 80 to 1. If someone over to 80 to 1 wins, you know, good on them. It's going to happen from time to time. It just doesn't normally happen. Yeah. Even when it comes down to it, you're probably not going to pick the guy that is 300 to 1 who wins. Like, I don't know anyone who bet Jim Herman, for example, at the Wyndham last year. Yet every single week, you look at my card, there's like five guys over 100 to 1. Yeah, the- if you're betting over hundred to one, I really recommend you get it. You get, if you do it consistently, you get access to like the good books with the, the each, the good each ways, not the good books, just the good each way bets that are out there. Or you, you, you also bet them top 10 in some kind of way. So you do that mix and match because it's not going to cost you much to invest in the outright. But again, like I, I had a, an each way on, on KH Lee to like top eight. So that's where you're really getting the good bargains, at least in my opinion, on the each ways on those guys and on the placing 
you throw a little on the, on the outright, or if you're doing it each way, it's two bets anyways, but that, that, that's why I consistently have guys like that on the card as well. And also I do think that every week there's a handful of guys that, you know, are a hundred to one and maybe shouldn't be now heading them is like almost impossible. But again, if you're getting them each way or top 10 or something as well, I, I do think it actually creates like a pretty good bet. Yeah, at the Byron Nelson, uh, Patton Kazire really bailed me out with his, you know, he came in second. So exactly. he, he came in third, he got the top five each way. I was like, all right, it's not bad. That's like a, what was he? He was like a hundred to one there. Wasn't he was he? 150 to one. So that really paid out nicely yeah. for me. Exactly. Perfect example. And, and I mean, last week I had a couple guys, 70 to one, same thing. So if you're doing those, you know, the bigger odds, uh, yeah, they're harder to hit, but you know, mix and match with uh, either the each way or the top 10. It's, it's, a, it's like a betting, you know, thing it's just it just works if you, if you do it consistently we're here to talk about DraftKings pricing though so let's talk about the course before we jump into what the actual salaries are for the field this week at the charles schwab challenge colonial cc the longest running course at a single event on the pga tour the charles schwab challenge it's been known as many things even over the past decade but colonial country club has been the host course for this tournament since 1946 got some baby boomer vibes going on to it daniel berger is the defending champion this was the first one out of covid a year ago it's a shade over 7200 yards it's on bent grass greens the field is 121 players this week so over half the field is going to make the cut this is down from 156 a year ago they tried to jam as many people into tournaments coming out of the covid hiatus to get people chances to win money last year it's back to its invitational status this time around so it's a capped field one of the smallest on the pga tour that actually has a cut line this year so like you know upwards of 60 percent of players could end up making the cut depending on how many get into that top 65 in ties the only other real DraftKings note is for showdown purposes get your guys starting on the back nine if you can help it because hole 17 18 1 and 2 pretty easy uh the rest of them not so much so uh there is an advantage on the wraparound from 17 through 2 more likely to generate a birdie streak which you know if you're dealing with fractional points and things like that in DraftKings showdown it's something that you want to do i went over that on the research show you can go check that out came out sunday where i break down the modeling and everything like that i even tweaked the model just a little bit as well maybe i'll check that in the newsletter that comes out wednesday evening uh so subscribe to that in the description of the video and pod free to free you can unsubscribe to it anytime you want but sometimes it has some good info and sometimes it has some really good giveaway opportunities so if you like free money get it on the newsletter what is it email that you delete and don't read who gives a shit just give me your email okay thanks what do you make of this course because it feels like a course where almost any style of player can win well, first of all, the the showdown thing, man, with like the starting on the back, man, I was like, you're making me just feel dumb right off the bat. I mean, that's something I'd never think about, but I know there's people who do like approach showdown like that. And it just probably shows you that I should never play that format. But anyways, that's a good one to start off. You're right. It is, it is kind of one of those courses though, you know, where, where realistically, like if a guy shows up and gets hot with the putter, he can win. I mean, it doesn't matter if he's a bomber, like Phil's one here as an example, just booting it all over the course, got hot with his irons and got out with the putter and, and he picked up a win here. So definitely not what you describe as a typical fill course, but a good example of just a, any, any kind of guy can, can really grab a win here, but it's tended to be, you know, a, a playground for guy for the, the, the Matt Kuchar types. I mean, you know, you just look at the last few winners, Kisner, nah, or the, you know, Rose, Spieth. I mean, just elite putters, guy, guys who don't necessarily do much off the tee, but, they get hot with their irons. They get hot with their putters. So it brings in a ton of different styles in play. Obviously, we want to emphasize approach games. 
you know, more cow last year, uh, really hot with the irons, but um, you've got to kind of consider that, you know, you're You could get out putted here by like a Brian Harmon, you know, it, it, sand traps here. They're tough to play out of good sand players have good records here. So it's an interesting course. It actually played pretty tough last year. I hope the greens are, are uh, tight and fast again, because they were last year and that made it the seventh toughest course on tour. I think if they do stay fast, you'll see more guys with more cut, like more cow and Con Corey Connors have a chance here. Well, just based on the player that you've described, get a hot putter, be good out of the sand, hit irons okay, doesn't matter your distance. And with the current run of just geriatric players winning events on the PGA Tour, not even just Phil, but like Stuart Sink, Brian Gay. Yeah. Does that mean Zach Johnson's going to win over the past 24 rounds? He's second in putting, third in sand saves. And I think he's won twice here anyway. Yeah, he has won a couple times here at least. Um I mean, Zach Johnson playing like shit right now, Pat. So <laughs> if he wins, like, I mean, we're that, that would be, it would break everything. But at this point we can't really rule anything out. Right. I mean, you know, with what Phil did last week, obviously just an insane, I, I guess he told everyone he was about to win or he was on the verge, but I mean, it sure didn't look like it. So maybe Zach Johnson is the same thing behind the scenes. He's just telling everyone, but you're right. It, it's kind of the same style of like veteran player, but he's, he's pretty far he seems pretty far gone right now. He's, he was a little consistent there for a bit, but outside of like the putter and short game, I, I don't, I'm not that interested in Zach Johnson. He did in his two rounds at the PGA championship, he did gain strokes on approach it was the only thing that he gained in. It was the first time that he gained an approach in ages, despite the fact that I think he made the cut of both Wells Fargo and the Valspar, which is, you know, putting and chipping was how he got it. I think he gained six strokes putting in each of those events. So maybe he can get heat yeah. up. I don't know. Here are your top 15 putters yeah. per yeah. fantasy national over the past 24 rounds who are in this field. Reed ZJ. If you gotta, if you gotta ask what it is, you can't afford it, big man. Patton Kazire, Ian Poulter. There's another old dude. Kokrak, Denny McCarthy, Brendan Todd, JT Poston, Brian Harmon, Joaquin Neiman, tenth. Camille Vajagas, Higgs, M. Stallings, and of course, everyone's favorite, Mackenzie Hughes. Neiman's interesting, isn't it? I, I noticed he was uh, he was popping with the putter recently. Looks like he's found a little bit of confidence. I think that would uh, spark most people's interest the most. I mean, Reed is always up there. So you look at that list. Um, I mean, is this, is this Camillo time? I don't, I don't know. I mean, another name I, I was kind of surprised to see up there or, or just looking at it right now. Anyways, I mean, he can get a little bit hot tee to green. So interesting list, but um, you know, of those players, you know, Brian Harmon, definitely like the prototypical uh, dude who does well here. He's got a good record here. Certainly made the cut here the last five years. Um, that, that would be the guy that stands out the most of the, to me in that list. But um, I, I, yeah, I, 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 Neiman definitely being in the top 10 putters right now or, or top 15, whatever we were talking about there. That, uh, that is interesting for his chances this week, for sure. He was T8 here on debut back in uh, 2018, so. Yeah, I think that was the week he turned pro or the week like after he turned pro. It was one of his very first right. events as a professional coming out of the Masters with his amateur status. The One of the reasons that I like him here is that around the green is just so de-emphasized. Like if he's having a good week, he's going to hit like 78% of greens in regulation. And these are small greens. That's what that type of player needs to do to win here. If he's relying on his chipping and putting, he's absolutely screwed to begin with because that's been bad, like really bad. But if the putter can be decent, which it has been, we know the ball striking is going to show up. And Neiman has been like, he, he can obviously just get as hot as, as like Connors with his irons as well, but he he's definitely shown he can pop more with the putter. 
So I, I'm I'm interested in him out of all those names the most, probably from like an outright perspective, but also from a DraftKings perspective, I think too. He's only 9,300 coming off a solid week. Uh, his other win was on Ben Grass, if you want to read anything into that, but a very similar course. You know, a bit of a ball striker's course where he just putted the lights out for a week too. And, and I mean, he won by like a touchdown that week, I think. But, um, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to get super hot with the putter to win. If he just putts consistently, he can also fire with the irons so yeah i agree with everything you said i mean i don't think it's like a tricky crazy course where he's gonna you know short game himself out of it like take like a, a four chip or something um neiman is is really interesting at that price definitely the guy like i said i think uh, i like the most just in terms of pure upside in that range i mean i like answer too but you know, everyone's going to be on answer and, and Neiman uh, is a lot cheaper for DraftKings. Yeah, it, it, we're recording this very early in the week. So you'll want to go right. on to fantasynational.com to check out the ownership projections later on, like deep on a Wednesday to really see where everyone's gravitating towards. I have no conception of who is going to be popular this week and who isn't only because I looked at the betting board when I went this ran this through with Feinberg and I couldn't really figure out who I wanted to bet from the top. And I think that leads us into the guys above $10,000. Jordan Spieth, the most expensive player on the board at 11-2. But then you have Justin Thomas, who's the number two player in the world. And he's cheaper than Spieth, which I, I can see, kind of. He's, but he's still $11,000. <laughs> you got Morikawa at 10-5, Reed at 10-3, Berger at 10,000. Those are your big five. Those are the big five in terms of the betting odds. Actually, answer is around Berger in terms of the betting odds this week. But I just yeah. think you keep riding Colin Morikawa here and just hope it's one of the weeks that he putts, because if it's not, he'll come at eighth. And if he putts well, he'll win. I mean, Morikawa is first in strokes gain tee degree and first in, in strokes gain approach over the last 50 rounds. Like, he's he's just so prototypical perfect for this course. He's going to hit a ton of fairways, which, you know, is really the only important thing you have to do off the tee here. Just try to not get yourself in too much trouble that you're blocked out. He's going to fire at every pin because he's the best iron player in the world he doesn't have to worry too much about chipping and putting. So, I mean, it, just the putting aspect really is, is what we're worried about here. Uh, he's played, he's playing pretty well. Like, I mean, he's not like so off kilter around the greens or anything that we have to worry about that. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's the best, you know, of the top three, I think Justin Thomas, obviously if his putter shows up here and is, and you know, he just plays like his iron games, like he does every week. I mean, he, he could easily win here by like four strokes too, but more cows, $500 cheaper. You don't necessarily have to worry about, you know, Thomas coming off a miscut or anything like that. So Spieth maybe deserves to be 11 too. He's just so good at this venue. I get it. But, you know, Thomas or Morikawa down there. Yeah, I, I would I would play them either. And and I, it's a pretty big saving. We're talking about $500, not like a couple hundred. It's $500 from Thomas and Spieth. It's hard for me to make an argument to not have like Morikawa as your top guy there. The issue is, like, Morikawa is my top guy of this bunch, but, like, I would have Thomas and Spieth so close behind him. And I'd have Reed and Berger... At the same time, like not too far behind them. Like I don't think there's a lot that separates these top five guys, which is making it really difficult for me of where I want to start my team. So I take two of these guys, or do I say, screw it, play none of these guys and play four guys from like 95 to 8,000, then fill out the rest of my team? Because that balance build is kind of enticing too, because there's a bunch of guys in that range who I think are actually quite good. Um and have a legitimate chance of winning this week. And a bunch of them, like the high eights, like if I can go two low nines, two high eights, two low sevens, I don't hate that build, I don't think. No, I agree. And look, we're obviously talking about like the the guys over 10K and, and how we'd rank them and stuff like that. And, and I agree, it, it's close. I mean, Patrick Reed here is a guy, I mean, we're talking about this being a bit of a putting event. He's, he's probably the best putter and that includes Spieth. 
from the from the stats of the top five. Although Berger and Spieth are both extremely good in that regard too. But I agree. I mean, you look at this event, and I don't think I'd have a problem just starting in the nine K range. I mean, you know, we're we're early in the week here, and and some of these guys are going to be popular, but you know, they're not going to. They're also going to eat into each other's ownerships, right? Like Corey Connors and Joaquin are basically the same price. Not they're not both going to be like 50%. Oh, no, at least I don't think they're going to be. Gary Woodland's coming off a great week. Scheffler's coming off a good week. Everybody plays, gets a little bit of Tony Fee now in their lineup. And answer is more expensive. So I think that's actually going to keep his ownership somewhat reasonable. So I think starting with two in this range is exactly what I want to do. Now, for uniqueness, you know, you might, as we get more ownership projections later in the week, say, okay, Justin Thomas is coming in at like 8% or something. I'm getting a piece of that. But if we don't get that, if we do get like spread ownership on from like 9K and above, then yeah, I'm, I'm just starting in the 9K range because Corey Connors, ball striking stats, ridiculous at this point, answer, putting and an and iron play, just like the perfect fit for this course right now. Um, Neiman, we just talked about Woodland. I mean, that, yeah, I, I can definitely, uh, if I was leaning right now, you know, just we're not worried about ownership or anything like that. Yeah, I, I'd probably start in the 9K range, maybe even take three, or, or two, and like you said, and then dip down in the 8K range. Trying to lose a little weight, sleep a little better, and not feel so groggy during the day? Health via modern nutrition can help you do all of those things with a few small keto-friendly choices to improve your metabolism throughout the day. HVMN is a nutrition company that takes the mystery out of counting macros. They're results-driven, modern nutrition for modern lifestyles with less sugar than competitors. Their products provide lifestyle and habit upgrades that help their customers become healthier and better versions of themselves. By using real organic ingredients, HVMN has made keto and lifestyle improvements easy with healthy, low sugar options that are great for you and deliciously satisfying. HVMN offers single items like MCT oil, keto food bars, which the chocolate chunk ones are amazing and you will thoroughly enjoy keto food bars. That's really where it's at. And I mean, maybe it's more your bag, keto collagen powder, or you can grab a kit that includes all the essentials at an everyday discount. Whether you're curious about keto, want to improve your performance, lose weight, or boost brain and body wellness, HVMN will have a non-intimidating solution for you and in tasty flavors. HVMN is modern nutrition for modern lifestyles, and their new kits make it easy to embrace healthy living and quickly feel the difference. Right now, HVMN is offering our listeners an additional 10% off your first order when you go to hvmn.com mayo. Embrace healthy living today. Go to hvmn.com mayo for 10% off your first order. That's hvmn.com mayo for 10% off. And even the 9K range, I'm finding it really difficult to parse because you can make a very compelling case for a lot of these players. Like even oh, starting with really? Zal- even starting with Zalatoris, who I just continue to play and bet every single week, it didn't work once. But that's okay. You know, I, I lose every week anyway. It's not usually Zalatoris' fault that I he's not the reason that I'm losing all the time. But I do worry about the putter with him. Is like, can he get it hot enough to do yeah. it? Now at the Masters on really fast bent grass greens. It wasn't a problem for him. So if he can continue to ball strike the way that he's doing it right now, maybe he's sort of like a discount Morikawa at this point uh, who just kind of hits it slightly longer, obviously not as accurate off the tee, but the irons have been not as good, but 
92% is good, which is a pretty compelling case for someone here. Then you just drop down. You mentioned answer. I'll probably just fade answer uh, and hope he has a bad week, a bad putting week or something like that, because I bet Connors, I bet Neiman. I can see myself starting my lineups with those two guys. Yeah, you look at the, the the structure of the the 9K range, and I mean, I think some people just get on answer just because they they don't want to miss. But it does feel like Zal Torres could be the guy who people just like. Well, you know, they 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 take your same philosophy. You know, we're all going to be talking about how guys have you know lit it up on the greens here, and they well, Zal Torres can't putt well enough here. But like, let's not forget. I mean, Justin Rose came here a couple years ago and just like basically you know hit it to within 10 feet every hole and. I think he only gained like a couple strokes putting that year. So it certainly can be done. I also think, you know, you look back last year, Morikawa got in the playoff. You know, he had a good putting week, but it wasn't crazy good. It was just solid. Uh, he, he lost in the playoff. I mean, he easily could have won the event. So I think, I think this is actually a pretty good stop for Will Zaltors, uh, if we're being dead honest. I mean, he is just firing with the iron so well right now, so pure. Um yeah, if the course plays a little bit tougher, I, I really do think that favors the guy with like the stronger iron plays, whereas it becomes a it should become like a little bit less of a putting contest. So all in all, this 9K range uh, isn't like much easier than the 10K range to, to sort out. I mean, I think I'm probably okay leaving Scheffler out of lineups this week. Iron up game just still isn't there. Uh, if he gains like 10 strokes putting or something, fine, that'll beat me. Finau, I'll probably leave out. You know, it's kind of in contention last week. Again, a guy I'm just not worried about going getting too hot with the putter so for me if i'm paying up in the 9k range it's going to be answers al torres if i'm paying down we already talked about neiman got to get a piece of him and you know connor's going to be chalky but god that that's going to be a hard fade i i he's just he's just so consistent such a good fit for this course one of the things that you can do is you can find a pivot in this 9k range so of the top players right now burger is in single digits and this is a very early ownership but i do find that the early ownership can be somewhat indicative of, hey, this is obviously people are just logging in, looking at it and be like, oh, I like that guy, that guy, and that guy. So it's pretty damning about the guys that get left off because everyone stars everyone at the beginning of the week. Then you work your way back. At least that's how I do it. I start a whole bunch of people and then on Monday and then on Tuesday, we talk and then I go through it again and remove some guys from the list. Maybe you'll talk me into one or two and I'll add them. And then by Wednesday, it's like, oh, I need to get rid of like 50% of the people that I have highlighted right now. And then I'm good to make my court. I think that's how most people's process go if they start doing it early in the week and don't just jump in on a Wednesday. So Burger, it just seems to be the one no one really wants from the 10K range then you get into the nines and there's like four guys if we even if we go down to 8900 that people just are not clicking on like they're projected for sub five percent ownership right now chef scheffler woodland m and rose interesting i i would have thought justin rose might got a little spark i guess people are don't think he's going to gain 11 strokes putting again this week like he did last week. Well, well, I also the, thought Scheffler. The whole reason is it's the Rick Gaiman method of they're just getting sandwiched out. Like Finau and Answer yeah. are going to be super popular. Connors and Neiman yep. are going to be super popular. Scheffler's right in between them. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, you might see Scheffler get a little bit of love later in the week. Obviously, like like Pat said, we're, we're a little bit earlier than usual, but... Yeah, I'm not shocked. I mean, like I said, I mean, my first inclination is also to just like not worry too much about Scotty Scheffler this week. So right off the bat, you know, Scheffler, you know, quite frankly, I mean, I think Scheffler long term might actually be a better player than Corey Connors, but um, that probably opens up the spot for him um, as a good pivot in this range. So, you know, you're you're looking at this range. I mean, you, you could go down to Woodland. He's, he's played OK in spurts. Um Justin Rose, again, I, I just never play Justin Rose, so I, I'm not 
going to play him. Although I did, I am a little bit surprised people aren't interested in him being a former winner here, but I can kind of get that. I think Scheffler to me is probably the most attractive of those pivot names. Uh, a Texas guy, obviously the irons haven't really been there, but I guess it, it, it you could kind of make the argument that again, you know, we, we have seen guys just, you know, put the lights out here as well. So, and, and I mean, like he's certainly capable of elevating for a week. So yeah, Scheffler probably the most attractive of those, uh, those pivot names. It's going to be hard to get off the chalk here, though. <laughs> it is. Really I, I I would say of the pivot guys, I can buy into Scheffler. But if we're looking at sort of the prototypical type of player that can do well here, hits a lot of fairways, needs to get hot with the irons. But if they go nuclear with their putter, all of a sudden it's a game changer. I think that's Sungjae, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, T10 here last year. Um, can, has has had like really hot putting rounds. Absolutely, for sure. Um, Sanjay is, is probably where I would lean over Woodland again, Woodland just been a little bit too inconsistent for me. And I think Sanjay is as best, probably a better putter as well. So yeah, you can also uh, you know, drag it further. I mean, Sanjay's had, had uh, some pretty solid par 70 results, you know, Honda classic and, and stuff like that. He was good at the RBC heritage. So I think this track ultimately sets up as, as a pretty solid, like Sanjay track, um, a guy who can just do good at everything, uh, has he been firing with his approach well enough? No, but like like Scheffler, I think that he can definitely pay off this salary with like a good week. I, I don't think his his game is that far off. So not a player like Scheffler and him aren't players I'm going to bet outright. At least I don't think I am. Maybe I, I think of the two, I might have a little bit more interest in Sanjay, but we'll see what the odds are like later in the week. But I definitely can get behind them as DraftKings pivots because these guys are consistent. Um, they're 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 not like broken right now in any one aspect of their game and. You know, they can get hot with their putters. Like they're pretty good putters. So I, I definitely see the value in Sung Jane Scheffler in this range uh, as pivots. Yeah, it would be M over Scheffler for me as the pivot play. And again, we'll see how this ownership projects out as the week goes along because it's sort of tier one Connors and Neiman for me. And I like answer and Zalatoris and maybe I'll start some lineups with Zalatoris over answer uh, or even Finau at that point. But those are the two guys that I really want. Im probably the pivot in that rage, but I have a lot of interest in Jason Kokrak too. Which I don't. He had a, he had a bad Sunday. Okay, I mean it's Jason Kokrak at a major championship. This course is yeah. kind of perfect for him. Along the same lines of Connors and Neiman is just if you're going to do well with this course around the green doesn't matter. And then that's the one thing that those three players share is they're all horrendous around the greens. Connors did gain strokes putting in five consecutive events before now losing in three straight, but not a ton, not a ton losing. That that's okay. You can lose point four, Corey. That, that that's perfectly acceptable. Just don't lose like eight, like he used to be doing. And we're on the same page. And Neiman and Kokrai have just been straight up putting well. Yeah, yeah, and and again, like you don't, we don't talk about like emphasizing putting too much on this show. But again, you really, I think this is a week where you don't have to cut a guy out or something like you don't have to cut Corey Connors out, but if you're making decisions for GPPs, like in terms of upside, you know, when you factor in ownership and, and just like pure, like who can, who can get you like potentially five strokes putting, like it's Coke Racker M down there. I, I, I don't disagree at all. And that's kind of what makes these events like a little bit harder to predict because we're relying more on putting, but it's also like, I think what you have to do with these events. Um, again, I don't, I'm not necessarily just going to straight up fade Corey Connors just because, you know, Sung Jay is, is like a slightly better putter or something. Well, he's more than slightly better, but 
um, that it is like something you, I'm going to factor in. I'm definitely factoring in on bets this week and stuff like that. Like guys, I think uh, could pop for for massive putting weeks. And I think you have to do this at the top as well when you're when you're coming down. And who are you going to leave out? Are you really going to lean on Neiman here, or are you going to lean on Connors? I think that's the big. I think that's going to be the big one for me because I don't want to play two both of them. They're probably just going to be too much ownership. So if I'm leaning one, it's probably going to be Neiman. He's putted better, but you could also make that argument. You know, if you got to decide between Connors and and a and a less chalky play like Kokrak or M, they, they, they definitely bring better upside from the putting perspective. In the $8,000 range, I think I have the top figured out of what I want to do. Me in the world, actually, looking at the ownership, Charlie Hoffman projects to be the highest owned player in the field, at least right now. I bet him at 55 to one, you know, it's Charlie, it's in yep. Texas. I can't recall a time where he's actually had better form coming in. He's fourth in the stats model over the past 24 rounds. He can putt a little bit. Um, didn't do so much on the weekend of the PGA championship, but the ball striking was still immaculate. And that was against the best players in the world. This course really suits him a lot more, I think. So I love him at 87. And I really like Billy Horschel at $8,800. He's won in Texas before. You, The names that you rattled off about guys that have won here, like it's a Kuchar course or it's a Kisner course. Well, those are the guys just play well in Austin. And Billy Horschel just won in Austin. So he actually has two wins in Texas now that I come to think about it. And the irons have been really good. The driving has been really good. And if we talk about someone who can get scorching with the putter, it's Billy Ho. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, we're talking about all these guys in the 9K range and they're all great ball strikers and stuff like that. And then, but realistically, like the winners here have been like Billy Horschel's, like, like we said, Kuchers and, and Spieth's and, and Kisner's. Like those are the guys who actually grab the trophy. So, Again, I, I mean, I, I definitely don't hate it as a pivot off Charlie Hoffman. I think Hoffman might be a guy I get exposure to in betting and then just fade in DFS for that reason alone. Uh, I'm just not sure. I mean, Hoffman's obviously had some good putting weeks in his career. It's not like he can't do it, but um, I think I would rather take a shot with uh, a guy like Brian Harmon too in this range at AK coming off a missed cut. Actually gained like 4.5 strokes, I think ball striking last week. He just didn't putt well for like the first time in like a year so. Now he comes to Colonial where he, he like never misses the cut, knows these greens well. Um, I'm, I'm okay fading the, the Hoffman chalk here. I don't think it's a bad play. But again, if you're going to like start with Neiman and Connors or something and then go with Hoffman, I mean, well, you might as well just like, I don't even know, but it's just too much exposure. It's just too much ownership right off the bat. So uh, Hoffman probably be the guy I fade, you know, his, his salary's up a bit. He's playing great, but uh, I, I like going a, a little bit, you know, more for the, the putting upside in this range for sure too. The four highest projected owned players on a Tuesday morning, at least. We'll see if this holds up. Chris Kirk, the highest owned of any player at $7,600. Emiliano Grillo, the second highest owned at $7,900. Brian Harmon, the third highest owned at $8,000. Then Charlie Hoffman at $8,700 comes in as the fourth highest projected owned player on this slate. I mean, those are the guys that we're kind of talking about who win this event. I get that. Out of all those three guys, I'm most comfortable eating the Hoffman shock, I think. And he's definitely played the best tee to green. So fair point. Um, we'll see how that shakes out later in the week. But yeah, I mean, Grillo for sure. You know, that you, you come to a course, Emiliano Grillo, everyone knows, you know, he, he obviously had the hero ball to win uh, or not to win, to make the, it felt like a win. I'm sure for some people to make the cut on the last hole last year, last week at the PJ championship, he's gained seven strokes on approach in his last two starts. It's ridiculous. So people see that they see the, you know, he's played well at colonial. He almost won the year. Justin Rose won. 
it's hard to get off. I mean, the guy's under 8K in price. He's making a lot of cuts. And when he does make the cut, he, you know, he's generally like getting himself into contention or top 20. So been a very solid DraftKings play, like he's like when he gets across the line. So I don't know. I mean, um, all these, you know, obviously all these guys are are, are gonna be focused on. So I I think the, you know, the the real the real struggle this week is just like finding appropriate pivots because it does feel like that's hard. I mean, we talked about guys in the 9K range. And I think we, I think, you know, there's legitimate, you know, upside with, with Sanjay and Kokrak, but it feels harder as you get down here for sure. I mean, you know, I like Matt Wallace, but he's never played here before. He does have a tendency to just kind of like, you know, go through peaks and valleys. Is he reaching another Valley here? You could definitely make that argument. Tringali. I don't know. I I still think Tringali is going to get some ownership this week anyways, but could be like half a Harmon or something like that. (laughs) <laughs> spill the pivot i don't know i mean like do we just play phil again i i don't really want to do that but yeah i i have phil current phil and ryan palmer currently projected at two percent ownership i think i play palmer it's his, oh it's i a, definitely play palmer. it's his home course how can that yeah. how could that fail yeah that i mean that was like five years ago right pat like when we broke into the industry that was like the one thing everyone's like ryan palmer's gonna win this week because this is where he played that was like the analysis for the week so um, I guess, no, I guess everyone just forgot. Maybe it's like, it's become like so less of a thing, but yeah, I mean, Ryan Palmer's playing fine. I mean, he's, he's actually putted quite well this year. If you look back to coming off a miscut at the PGA again, I actually don't hate that. I mean, uh, you, you look back to uh, a couple of years ago when Kevin Na won, I mean, Na missed the cut at the PGA. I think Finau was second that year. I think he finished like T64 at the PGA. So I don't hate backing guys coming off miscuts. I mean, it's kind of why I like Harmon as well. So I would definitely say Palmer, uh, you know, in the mid eight K range. Um, I mean, Porsche, I think is, is fine too, but if he gets a little bit of ownership, you know, the guy who gets like 5% owned is Palmer who we've seen be like extreme chalk, uh, you know, a, you know, like less than a month ago. So yeah, I, th- I think that's a guy I, I'll definitely have a little bit of interest in, uh, in this range. Yeah. There's the three guys in a row, Palmer, Mickelson and nah are going relatively just pass by. So people can play Brian Harmon and Cameron Tringali and, Young gun, according to Tim Andercust, Kevin Streelman. <laughs> I just, I, I knew you'd pick up on it, but when, when Phil walked past Streelman yesterday, oh my God, like I almost felt, I felt bad for him. I'm like, like the guy just wants like a, a little shout out here, Phil. But um, yeah, Streelman, you know, normally, I think coming off a normal week, you'd be like, this is, you know, Streelman, Sets up well for this course. Um, good ball striker. Can he get hot with the putter? Probably not, but um, didn't, definitely didn't look like he was comfortable putting, you know, in the fourth round last week. You, you would consider him, I don't know. It's it's like a kind of like one of those career results where I just don't know if I really want to, you know, chance that this guy hasn't had like a little bit of fatigue or something. But you could definitely think about Streelman. I'd probably rather pivot to Streelman than, than you know, ride another fill wave, try and ride another fill wave or something because – Lord knows what Phil's been up to, going to be up to the next couple of days. So are, are you, uh, Strillman could, hold on. Are you surprised Phil is still, I mean, by the time that people see this, maybe he's withdrawn, but I can't believe he's still playing. It's got to be some kind of sponsor. Like there's got to be something. It's like, you know, Charles Schwab or something. I, there's, there's something we're all missing here. Like, you know, that under the table or, or maybe it's not under the table. I don't know, but there's definitely been a commitment from Phil. And, and I'm sure that, you know, um, there's a reason. I, I think if there wasn't a reason, and, and by reason I mean like money, um, then I think Phil probably wouldn't be wouldn't be here. But that's just my speculation. 
Um, you know, Phil, Phil is a, is a pretty loyal guy too. So maybe, maybe there's this event has done good by him in the past. I don't know, but I was a little bit surprised to just see, yeah, I'm going to colonial, like straight up, very, very succinct. Didn't have to think about it at all. Obviously uh, he's had this in his mind for a bit. And I guess the other thing you could think is like, is he just like chasing Ryder cup points or something? Like, is that in the back of his mind? I don't know. I, I, I was trying to figure that out too. Like, why isn't, why is this such a big deal? But those are the only two things I could come up with. Now that he's won a major, I don't think that they can keep him off the team. I, I mean, I agree. I, I like he's the perfect. He's the, the thing about Phil is too. He's the perfect captain's pick, right? Like he's. I know if it's Phil and he's competitive and he's going to want to play, but like if he if you have to sit him for a round, like he's fifty, he's a captain. He's probably going to be a captain's pick. Like he's not going to make a huge stink and like you know go at Stricker or whatever. I mean, he's a guy who's just going to keep everything loose. He's going to be talking to the media so the young guys don't. I, I think I would even pick him to be, to be honest. I think, I think he would be a great captain's pick because that's, it's like the Euros picking Westwood, right? Like it's, it's just the guy who keeps everyone loose. Who's like, you know, he's, he's out there. Like nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna bother him this week. And, and, and he's going to be the one who can go up and take the brunt of it and, and have fun with the media while the other guys focus. So yeah, I, I think Phil would, uh, I think Phil would probably work out in that way for sure. Just trying to look at the European team right now. Victor Perez is still in on points for them. And I don't know if he makes it if he ends up having to be a captain's pick, just, I, I just can't see that happening. And maybe he ends up like heating up, so it won't be that big of a deal. But I, the, and Feinberg pointed this out too, just kind of what you said that having Phil on the team alleviates so much pressure, but if it comes down to it, like the last spot is Zalatoris, Phil or Scheffler, like Phil's getting that spot, but I, th- I think I would take the other two instead. I mean, yeah, that, well, the other argument is obviously you want to develop the young guys. And I, I'm generally the person who's like, you should be doing that. Like, you know, when they leave off, I don't know, like, I can't even remember the last, who was young the last time we had a Ryder Cup because it feels like forever ago now. Right. But I'm generally the guy who's like, yeah, you like, you should be developing Tony Finau or something like five years ago. Like, why aren't they taking him and giving him a shot? Um, but I also feel like, you know, again, you've, you've got to go with the team dynamic here and, it's a why is a way. So let, that's, that's the one thing I'd say. Everyone's hot, obviously, right now. We want to give Phil as much credit as possible. But if Phil is still, like, making cuts and, and like, looking good and, and hitting bombs, so to speak, and, and hasn't, like, completely gone in the gutter or something, I mean, I, I think he's definitely got to be considered. I mean, I just think from a team dynamic, it's, uh, it, it, it's a thing that, that would help the U.S. do a win more than, like, picking Zell Torres, who – well, Zaltor is pretty, pretty special, but I still feel like it, it would, it would, the team dynamic with Phil and just the experience as well might, might give them a bigger boost. Yeah. I'm just looking at it right now. It, it's so hard to figure out like the two tier point system for the European team, but who's in and who's out, who's in right now for, okay, here we go. Rom, Fleetwood, Hatton, and Rory. And then right. Hovland, Casey, Westwood, Fitzpatrick, and Perez are all on the teams. So that leaves like Lowry, Willett, Casey, no, Casey's in, sorry, McIntyre, Guido, Sergio, Molinari, like all those guys are feasible picks. I know Molinari's been playing like crap, but what if all of a sudden he just starts heating up and he's Francesco Molinari again? He was their best player at the Ryder Cup last time around. Well, I mean, Sergio's making the team. Well, okay. what, What if Poulter wins Colonial this week? He'll be on the team. Like, there's no question. I mean, I, I feel like Sergio and Bolter both have extremely good chances of making that team. Like, okay, who who is the, who are the guys who are close? Like Bobby Mack. Bobby Mack. I just closed it. 
because I'm stupid. Bobby Mac Guido, our guy Guido, he's up there. I think he's 16th in the standings now. So you have him. Matt Wallace is getting pretty close. He's probably having the best year. Weisberger's pretty close. Yeah. Uh, Lowry's pretty close, especially after his top four yeah, finish Lowry. at the PGA Championship. He's been playing really well. I think he had a top 10 at the players, too. So there's there's guys up there that could feasibly make this team. Lowry would be a hard lead off right now. I mean, he is playing really good. Uh, you know, top top 10 at the players and a top 10 at the PGA to go along with, obviously, the open win. Um, you know, Lowry, Poulter, Sergio, like I, I, I won't be shocked if that's it. Now you mentioned a guy like Matt Wallace. Um, you know, does, does this Guido guy win again? I don't know. I, I think he, I think he pretty much have to grab another win. Uh, he, 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 in fact, he didn't win. He came second. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. My bad. My bank, my bank account shows he came in second. <laughs> that's right. My point is a player like that is going to need to get like, not just hot, but like ultra hot. Like he's going to have to win a couple times in a row here to get considered over those guys. I think Lowry is definitely going to be on there. I think Lowry get on over Wallace. It's just hard to not pick a guy who's got an open win in his back pocket. Even if Wallace like won this week or something, I think Lowry might actually have the edge there, but um, you know, I think those four guys, Wallace, Lowry, Sergio Poulter, they got to be the front runners. All those young guys, even Bobby McIntyre, like, they got to show something big here because I think the Euros have guys who've won so well. They've done so well against the States. They'll just go back to them. And quite frankly, not like Poulter's not playing that bad. Sergio's missed a few cuts, but you know, he did Sergio won in the fall swing too. So it wasn't that long ago. It's not, I just try to think about whistling straights and what's going to play there. Maybe the, the Poulter and I guess Sergio can kind of play anywhere. He has enough distance to do it, but like Poulter becomes super tricky, but you kind of want his putter on your team, especially. Definitely in want Lowry at whistling straights. Yeah. You want Lowry at whistling straights for sure. With the way that he's driving the ball and the way that he can yeah. scramble. But I, I, it just leads me back to Bobby Mack, who has just been so yeah. good off the tee all year long. Like just roll him out there and see what happens. I no, I agree. Like it's a good setup for Bobby Mack and that is the young player that like the euros like that's their kind of Zalatoris, right or that's their i don't know i, I want to say more cow but that's their like really young stud like so well no that, I, that, I, think, I mean in in fairness to them they have rom and hovland right I, outside of the like guys who are already on the team is, is what i meant but you're right he's he's their kind of young up-and-comer that they that they're gonna have to consider do we want to give this guy experience now or are we gonna go and just like take polter a guy who has been like an American killer over his career. So I think it's going to come down. And I think the same case with Phil, how are these guys do it in a couple months? If, if Poulter is like, you know, in, in contention in a couple tournaments and Phil is like I said, still making cuts or, or whatever. I think those guys have the edge. I just think they do. Um, I think one more run and, uh, and we'll see, but yeah, Bobby Mack definitely going to be an interesting one to watch. Cause um, you know, one more win for him. He might even just get on the team, you know, just qualifies. So. That's true, yeah, because he would have two wins in the calendar year and accumulate those Ryder Cup points. He's in Denmark this week. Maybe he's the favorite. Maybe he just wins over there. All is good. Yeah, he bumps, Lance, yeah, special he, or whatever. He he bumps uh, Victor Perez off the team, and we're off to the races all of a sudden. And if like Danny yeah. Willett could win one of these events because he's pretty close as well uh, in terms of points. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Research and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that come in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. 
I like the pomegranate from the ones I've had so far. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine in cherry ice flavor. Also, tastes really great. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, on the golf course, even at the gym. Is that something that you're into? Uh, that's not so much for me, but at the golf course, that is perfect. So I'm not having a SIG per hole. I just have a lozenge per hole. Actually, not even per hole, at least per my experience. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has the delivery down. The Pat Mayo Experience listeners go to lucy.co and use promo code MAYO to get 20% off your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code MAYO at checkout. M-A-Y-O. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning! This product contains nicotine, derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, and be sure to use that promo code MAYO at checkout. I want to talk about the 7K players at Colonial, shifting back to that. The guys that I like right now, none of the chalk guys, actually. I like Poulter this week. Uh, Poulter burned me the year that Kirk won here. I thought the Poulter was going to win, but alas, he did not. See, woo! Kim, 7,600 bucks. Time to get back on track for old Siwoo. And I like Pat and Kazire again. 7,400 But Why am I going away from Pat and Kazire? He's been so good to me. Yeah, it's, I mean, Kazire's one of those guys I'm just like, oh, this week he'll start to putt bad, and then he just never putts bad again for the rest of his life. So uh, he's got two top ten, or two top tens his last five starts. Yeah, and, and a, oh, a, when you say he has two top tens in his past two starts, what were the location but, of those two top tens, by the way? Oh yeah. Texas, Pat, Texas guy, I guess. I don't know. Good, good, good point out though. Uh, yeah. Valero and, uh, and Byron Nelson. So, but realistically, I mean, this is, you know, Kazire's got his win at, at the, uh, the OHL and the Sony open. I mean, pretty good comparables, tighter tracks, especially the Sony. So this is uh this is a track where, you know, Kazire again, it just, this, these tracks like colonial, they bring in all different types of players and, and, you know, Kazire doesn't have to be crazy good off the tee. He's just got to be not the worst. Uh, he can definitely get hot with his irons a little bit. And if he does, we know what he can do on the greens. He, he can go absolutely nuts. Um, like I said, you know, you could get like a plus eight stroke ball striking from Corey Connors and Kazire could just output him and, and, and grab the win. So I definitely don't hate it. Um, you know, we mentioned Vijegas' Vizje- name down there. I don't mind Harold Varner at this track opened with a 63 here last year. Uh, you know, he's been playing pretty good is again, another player who he's kind of gravitated to these tighter tracks. Like you see him at Hilton head. He's played well at Wyndham. Um, I, I kind of like HV three, another Texas guy. He was top 20 here last year. He's got, he's, he's more of like a poor man's Corey Connors. Obviously we're not sure what he's going to bring with the putter every week, but I think with how he's playing right now, I definitely don't hate him in this range. No, uh, Higgs is another one who's putting so well, and I don't think he's going to garner any ownership after coming fourth at the PGA Championship, but that's just the case. I think we need to hash it out. Zero shot. Did you see one shot of Harry Higgs last year, last week? No. How ba- I, I don't want to rehash this again, but how bad was that coverage? <laughs> it was horrendous, dude. They weren't show- they, they showed Sanjay's score before they showed his double bogey. Like, it was just... It was like bizarro world. It was it was really bad. They didn't show Cantlay's putts live when he was. He wasn't really. I mean, he's kind of making a run when when he was in a slightly in contention. They didn't show him in the back nine. You know, he's still a bit of drama there. But 
it was bad, man. It, it was, it was basically the Phil show, which I guess is fine for like, you know, our dads, but you know, for, for the like more hardcore golf fans, it was, uh, lacking to say the least yeah just a little bit uh that would be my takeaway from it the, the yeah. i would have been okay if they were like live updating the leaderboard and we weren't seeing the shots at least that would give me some context so i remember there was a zalatoris eagle putt at one time and i was following it on just like the up-to-date shot tracker and i was like oh he's already he made this eagle like 20 minutes ago like he's he has nine feet for birdie on the next hole and they're showing him putt for eagle on the hole before like that's like a legit 20 minutes no, and that's what I'm talking about with the Sanjay stuff. Like they had, they had accidentally updated Sanjay's scores because he was, they were so far behind. The guy was like two holes ahead already. And then they showed his double bogey. Like it was ridiculous. So um, exactly. Like at, at the, if you're not going to show us every shot live, at least just give us like the, like a quick update. Like when it happens, like update us, like keep, keep us, keep us in the know. You, you could have gone, you were, the app was absolutely horrendous as well, but it was still quicker than the coverage. <laughs> So bizarre, bizarre viewing experience. Luckily, Phil was like keeping most of our focus anyways. But yeah, for DFS, it was frustrating, man. Like, you know, events happen and you had to wait five minutes to get like the updates. So I don't know. Trying to find out here. Can you talk me out of the Gim Reaper? Because I'm just going to use him. You can't talk me out of him. But should I be particularly afraid of a guy who can't putt? Yeah, so... (laughs) (laughs) I like I like I said. I mean, we talked about this before. The show. I like Doug Gim. I mean, he's he's a good birdie maker. He, you know, he can get the irons firing. I trust Doc Redman more in this range, and and I I kind of told you he's he's a little bit more my guy. But but Doc has shown the ability to get confidence with that putter and really just start bearing with it. So I don't even know if if he would be the guy I would pivot to in this range. But I would feel a little bit more comfortable here. I think the problem with this whole range is. If you're not going to play Gim, like there's nobody else you can really stay that is like that much more comfortable. Like I, I like, um, I kind of like Russell Knox this week, but he's pretty much the same player as Doug Gim. Like he just, he, he could easily lose like three strokes putting this week. So I probably would rank Gim below those two, like Knox and, and Redmond, but it's, it's, we're, we're just kind of like playing favorites here. It's not like I have anything huge to point to. Redmond did play well his last time out. He had a top 10. Uh, I think he's shown a little bit more propensity for upside, like just to put those in blistering rounds in and get you like a top five or a top 10 and like a top five DraftKings week. But it's pretty, it's pretty small. I mean, I think Doug Gim's, you know, birdie rate is also shown to be good. So I guess I can't really talk you out of it, but I do like Knox and Redmond a little bit more in this range. And I think Higgs, if we're being honest, is probably safer than, mm. than those guys, just because he's probably going to like be okay on the greens, whereas the other guys might not. Well, it's funny because just looking at all the ownership right now, like stat heads will play Doug Gim because they'll run the numbers. They're like, oh, Doug Gim's a top 10 play in this field. He's actually the best value. Yeah. And that's what the stats will tell you. Uh, I even factored in putting and it's still telling me that. And I think he ranks 119th of 121 people in this field, but he's like top 10 in everything else. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun when he misses the cut in like 90% of my lineups. But there's other guys you can get to like Sergio's. Sergio's in this field. He's like going to be under 2%. No. <laughs> Yeah, Sergio is um how much is he actually? Sergio 70, is 7500. Yeah, I thought he was 78. I was looking in the wrong spot. Unbelievable price for Sergio. Sergio's going to be one of those guys where like I I might just play because you know you 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 maybe you fill out your lineup and you got like 7700 left and you're like are you kidding me? Like Sergio's 
down here in this field. Right. Um, so yeah, like no ownership. Um, he's won this event, hasn't he? No, he won Byron Nelson when it was at like his course, I think. If he hasn't won Colonial, I, I swear to God he won Colonial when he was like in like 1999. But if he didn't, he like has a high finish here. Anyways, all he needs to do is get hot with his irons for one week. Uh, we know he's going to drill a ton of fairways and stuff like that. So um, Sergio's tended to do pretty well at these these classic ball strikers venues, but uh, ridiculously ridiculous cheap price. I mean, you know, you can obviously take a shot on, on Siwoo bouncing back. And, and I think that you know, we have more recent form for Siwoo. And, and I know you mentioned you like that play. I, I like him over Sergio as well, but I wouldn't discount someone. You know, he's very much, Sergio is like the Brooks Kepka play of this week. Like, you know, he's going to be 2% owned. His price is ridiculous. Just like Brooks's betting price was ridiculous last week. And if he shows up, I mean, he's, he's going to be the play in this range for sure. Sergio Garcia, the 2001 champion at Colonial. Okay. I was remembering that correctly. I'm glad. That's good. So are some other Rory Sabatini is one here. Stricker. Yeah, you, know, you have a run because Phil won for the second time in 2008. Then you have like the exact same type of player win like four years in a row. Stricker, ZJ, Tom's ZJ. Like, well, and on that point, with the the Stricker and, and ZJ play, this is a good the good correlation here is John Deere, right? Because that's where Stricker and, and, and ZJ also win. It's also where Spieth goes. So a little something to think about if, if you're looking at like other leaderboards this week. Big correlation with the, the John Deere Classic, which, you know, you, again, you can make cases for, you know, like HV3's played well there too and, and a few other guys. But something to think about if you want to get like a little deeper and look into other spots. Well, that would kind of lean me towards guys that are just good from like 100 to 125 yards because that's all that course is. It's just a wedge fest. Like who's the best with their wedges? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> do, 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 would you like to know who the best players over the past 24 I mean, rounds are? I mean, let's do it. All right, so the, oh, be- I don't know. The, the, the top 15 players over the past 24 rounds from 100 to 125-yard proximity are Munoz, number one, Hollywood Hoagie, number two, Morikawa, Ben Ann, Corey Connors, Bramlett, Stenson, Kucher, Fratelli, Malnati, JT, Billy Horschel, Snedeker, the Todd father, and old Duff Daddy. He have like an 82 on Friday. <laughs> That's right. Oh, a lot of interesting names in there. Really, really sad to hear Benny Ann's name in there because now I'm probably going to have to look into Benny Ann. But um, yeah, that I mean, again, I, I don't know if uh, if you want to put too much emphasis on that range, but it is it is one of those courses where, you know, you have some long iron shots on Colonial, obviously, but there's a ton of par fours here. Not all of them are long, so... Uh, taking advantage with wedges is, is a thing here. Uh, absolutely. Jason Duffner, second in 2014, second in 2012 as well. He never got that stupid plaid jacket, but maybe he'll get That's it. Right. This yeah, he lost he, enough. He's a classic old guy who could be like making a resurgence. His ball striking has actually been really good. He he just legit no, I know. He cannot was- putt. He was hanging around a couple leaderboards there. But yeah, that's right. He lost in a playoff to Adam Scott uh, one year. Duff Daddy, hey? Yeah, missed the cut last week, obviously. Gained seven strokes on approach at Wells Fargo. Yeah, and the week and the week before that, he was good, too, on approach. 6,600, eh? Yeah, I might have to sprinkle a little Duffner in there. Or do, we just, or do we just try to play the Todd game? Like, hey, just hit the fairway and make all your putts, pal. I think I tried that last year, and it didn't work. <laughs> oh you mean like actually play brendan todd yeah like wouldn't wouldn't this be one of like the five courses where you would consider playing him at yeah absolutely would um i just don't know what he's been up to lately i've just been so 
out on Brandon Todd. Lost strokes on approach and nine straight starts. <laughs> That's good, but that right? really doesn't matter with Brendan Todd because he could just gain nine strokes putting. So 7,100. I mean, I don't hate it. We didn't love anyone in this range. Like, I mean, that's the kind of play you should be, you know, if you're not, if you want to get off Doug Gim or if like Doug Gim ends up chalking this range, that's, that's kind of the play you should be aiming for in GPPs guys. You can just get hot. Like Sabatini is probably another veteran. You mentioned he's one year before. Um, I have no idea what that guy's been up to lately either, but Pat Perez, all great putters. Oh, boy. Uh, the chalk in this range, at least right now, and for Fantasy National members who've generated a lineup so far, maybe it was just you, but Doc Redman <laughs> is popping off the charts, but his projected ownership is only actually 8% at the moment, the same as Gims, the same as Gooch, the same as Glover. Like, they're all just kind of the same. Varner's the only one who really sticks out from below 7,500 to 7,000 as someone that is, like, people are gra- actively gravitating towards. I'm, I'm kind of interested in Pat Perez and D- Duffner now coming off this Phil win, you know, Just, the old guy narrative. How old is Kyle Stanley? Like this, this, this reeks of a he's Kyle like Stanley. Isn't he? <laughs> I don't know. He has that big beard and he wears those glasses. He could be any age. He also can't putt though. <laughs> that's true. But neither can Duffner. Yeah, no, that that's definitely a good point on Duffner. Stanley's played well. Um, he's, he's really, He's been a lot more consistent with uh, the irons, which is like his bread and butter. Like when they're, when they're going well, he can kind of compete anywhere, but uh, this is definitely his style of course. Doesn't hit it a ton off the tee, but yeah, putting has been pretty bad. Lost over a stroke in five out of the last six events, but he could spike. All right. 6k guys, before we get out of here, once again, smash the like to the episode, leave your favorite $6,000 player in the comment section. Here are the ones I got on the go right now. Uh, I love Matt McNeely this week, so that's only going to burn me considering he's made four of ten cuts in 2021, but I really like him. I got a worse guy than Matt McNeely. So. Okay, so I got McNeely. Hoagie, who I mentioned, I actually really like this week. He's been playing pretty well. Yep. Duffner. Stenson at 67. I'm, I'm putting a tentative star next to his name. And I actually really like Michael Thompson. I mean, I'm a big Michael Thompson truther, so I can definitely get behind that. I do, um, I do have one question for you, though. He okay. won on the PGA Tour last year. He wasn't yeah. in the PGA Championship this year. How did that happen? That is a very good point. How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. How, how is that? Pa- yeah, wait. Actually, no. Like, what? Oh, because it qualified him. for won before the PGA. Last year. He did, but you'd think if you win a tournament on tour, like you'd be still have like good enough status that you could get into the PGA yeah. Championship the next year. Yeah, it is kind of weird because like he finished fifth at the Amex, twenty fifth. Like he's got some results. I get. He, you know what? I bet you was right on the cutoff. Like I'm not going to look it up here, but he's probably like a hundred, and I think he had to be top seventy or something at a certain point. So he was probably really close. He was probably one of the alternates or something. But yeah, that is weird. But it definitely. He won right before the August PGA, so obviously it qualified him for that. Or he, yeah, the cut, he, he is currently number 106 in the world rankings. Yeah, so if he's outside of the top 100, he's definitely right in the bubble. Yep. Yeah, and his win only got him up to 99th in the world when he won. He was, well, I mean, he was... Yeah, he was, he was down in the 200s. But he gained 5.1 strokes on approach at Wells Fargo. Yep. And these are just the courses that I like him at. And if we're talking about someone, if he just hits his irons decently, he is someone who can put yep. his way to a win. Yeah. Oh, Michael Thompson is a fantastic putter. Uh, he's, I mean, he's a pretty talented guy, like, uh, you know, former, former number one amateur player in the world at, at one point. I mean, he's, he's definitely like someone who 
you know, you wouldn't think of him, but he's a multi-time winner on the PGA. And I wouldn't be shocked if he got another one just because of, of how good he is on and around the greens. Like there's enough courses like Colonial where he could pop. So I definitely like that. Yeah. You, like you said, popped a little bit with the, the approaches uh, in his last time out. Stenson's definitely interesting. Um, I'll be taking a, a look into that. I mean, 6,700 like that play. I mean, Stenson's been playing a little bit more, which you like, I, I'm not going to bet Stenson for an outright or anything, but what are his odds? Because he's gained on approach in four straight events. He gained six strokes on approach at the PGA championship. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, people like people are over all over Grillo, but we should be betting him actually. Now that I think about it, but I mean, Rose has won be here bet. before. Don't they all just win at the same places? Who are you, Henrik Stenson? Like, what's going on here? Here we go. Two hundred to one. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that with the each way right now. That'll yeah. be that'll uh, be our collective bet. I mean, I'm I'm in. <laughs> let's go, Henrik Stenson. Two hundred to one. That's like an auto bet. Um, I'm in. Same price as yeah. JT Poston and Adam Shank and Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson. Well, I'm down. See, now I'm betting guys at 200 to one again. That's okay. Let's, I mean, <laughs> Let's go. You're getting $10. This is, 10. Synergy. this is a good way to end the show. We talk about how you, you know, guys at 100 to one never win. And then we bet like three of them. This is good. $10 on the win, $10 on the each way. So if they win, they pay 2,500 bucks. Let's do this. Let's have it. I'm definitely getting on that. He did. I mean, he's gained strokes. He's gained overstroke in his last uh, four starts, Stenson. So yeah, the, the only guy from down here. The, there's one that doesn't make sense to me in terms of pricing. And it's weird because I never play this guy. But the way that you've described it, and the way that he can pop, and his one good thing that he can do. Whenever you look back at any of the high finishes that he's had in his career, it's at courses like oh, this. Oh, I think you're going to talk about my guy here. It's Denny McCarthy at 60. Why is he 60? Oh, no, it's not my guy. Denny McCarthy's usually like 7,400. Why is he 6,300 in this field? Yeah, that's true. Um, I was going to talk about Patrick Rogers, but oh, same deal. Um, <laughs> Denny McCarthy at 6,300. Absolutely. You're right. Um Lahiri is actually another guy. Actually, I'll save that for Ben in case he's on tomorrow or something. But uh, Lahiri, Denny McCarthy, you know, you can make cases for these guys down here. And that, that's where I would lean. Again, if you're if you're looking for a guy who can pop down here, uh, those are two names. I also throw Jimmy Walker, who uh, has some pretty good results around here, been putting well. But that's like you should be emphasizing the good putters down here. Like that's pretty much all you should be looking at, in my opinion. Um, you know, guys who maybe have a little bit of experience playing the course and, and, and can really pop with the putter. Obviously, you'd like it if they were playing a little bit better, but, you know, you're, you're at 6,300 here. Like, take what you can get. So. What, what about DFS cheap darling Vince Whaley? Yeah, he's only 6,200, eh? Yeah, and it's funny. because oh, he just got in the field. He got in the field because Louis withdrew. That's right. Okay, but you look at the bottom, like, Eric's straight out of Compton's in this field. <laughs> so not only is there is only 121 players and the top 65 in ties make the cut, you have Keith Clearwater, who I think last made a cut in like 2003. Yeah, he can't still be in this event, Keith Clearwater. He is. What, what, would he, what, did he win this event in like 1986 or something? He's still yes, playing? Yes. That is why he's here. I don't, I don't know why he keeps showing up. Did he actually? That's why he's in he, the he, field. He actually, he won this event in 1987. That's... I was two. <laughs> i'm not gonna say how old i was um but yeah that's crazy dude um th th like i'm and it's crazy that whaley's price actually now we're thinking about it um he i know he's an alternate like he just got in because louis withdrew but like why 
Wasn't he like 7K his last time at the Byron Nelson? Yeah, he's made eight cuts in a row. He was 26 at the Byron Nelson, 26 at Wells Fargo. He's gaining off the tee. He can be bad with his approach from time to time, and that's not great news. But he's gained in two of the past three. He keeps gaining, or he gains around the yeah. greens. He gains on the greens. Just seems really cheap. And with the way that this event is structured, if you, I think that the balance build that we talked about at the top is going to be the most popular way to do this. That if you did want to go like Spieth Thomas, use McCarthy and Vince Whaley. Like, like I said, like 60% of the guys are going to make the cut this week. Yeah, I exactly. 60% of the guys have made the cut. And quite frankly, you've got a guy at 6,200 who's made nine cuts in a row on the PJ tour. And like the last eight of them, he's finished in the top 36 for 6,200. Like, I don't, I don't even care what he's doing. If he's doing that. I mean, he's, he certainly can putt. Well, I mean, he's gained strokes putting, you know, he, he's a guy who's probably, if he makes the weekend, he's going to get hot because he's got a bunch of confidence right now and, and grind you out like a T25 performance. Whereas, you know, you, you get stuck on some other like loser who's not playing well, it doesn't have confidence. He'll just shoot like 75 and kill you. So Whaley is, uh, is ridiculous. I'm actually going to be interested to see what his ownership projections will be later in the week. He's, it's not, it's not going to be that high. Like don't get scared off him because nobody he's 6,200. Like he's just not going to get that high. So interesting. Um, yeah, I didn't, didn't actually catch that until right now, which is, uh, you could cool. go Spieth, Morikawa, Whaley, McCarthy, Charlie Hoffman, and still have $7,100. Yeah. I mean, I'd throw Lahiri in there over McCarthy, but whatever. Yeah. But I mean, he's 6,300 and you don't even need to use Hoffman. Like if you really wanted to, you could use Connors in that lineup. If you use, yeah, Con- no, absolutely. If you, if you use yeah. Connors, you have $6,400 left and you can use your boy Lahiri. It's definitely a good, a good way to, to think about building this week, like in all seriousness, because so many people are making the cut. It's a putting first course. If you get on the two tra- cheap guys that pop or even just one of them pop and the other guy makes the cut, you've got exposure to, to three or four studs there. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you, you, it, 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 yeah. may, it makes your lineup build really unique too, because I mean, speed and speed, there's a reason that speed and the Thomas are the two most expensive players and the two, I don't know, through the two with the highest win equity. Although I, I looked at the Fantasy National Simulator. Uh, Morikawa is an overwhelming favorite when you run the run the simulator a thousand times. Like, it's not even close. Yeah. I'm not shocked to hear that, quite frankly. Like I said, just where he is in the the recent form stats. I mean, you could you could easily make the case like he should have been 11-5 instead of 10-5 or something. So, yeah. We always close this out with the best part of the show. Uh, even one of my lineups last week actually turned out to be pretty good, except for Sam Burns, who withdrew. The play the best plays oh, yeah. lineup, Jeff. If we're going to play the best plays and try to build a 6-6 six six team that's going to get you into the cash, where are we going? All right. Are we starting in the 9K range with two guys, or are we starting with Morikawa? I don't know. What, what do you think that we should do? Because is Morikawa significantly better play than Spieth, Thomas, Reed, or Berger? And does one Morikawa equal two of, let's say, Hoffman and Neiman or something? You know what? Because this event is an invitational, because it's a smaller field, I think we should start with Morikawa. Okay, so if we start with Morikawa, that gives us $7,900 per player left. If, let's say we start Connors, Neiman, Hoffman in our lineups, we have $7,500 left per player. You know what? I'm terrible at this. Let's let's start over. Let's just go the balance way. It'll be way easier for me because I'll start lifting off guys like Patrick Rogers as our last pick. Let's not do that. Corey Connors, first pick, Joaquin Neiman. That's it. All right, so Connors, Neiman, Hoffman? Yes. 
absolutely. The, you just, you know, that's the, I know it's super chalky, but we're not caring about that. It's the best plays. Throw Grillo in there. Okay. Gr- Grillo is going into the lineup. So now well, we actually have... wait, should we debate Grillo or Harmon? I'm good with either one of them. I think that Harmon's probably safer to make the cut. Grillo's probably more likely for a top end performance. Okay. We'll keep in Grillo. Okay, we'll keep creating. What do we got left? 7350 for our last two players. So is there someone right at like 7000 that we like a lot? Cuz there's not. That's the problem. I know. That's the problem. Like it's 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 like so gim. We, <laughs> yeah. Who we spent like a 10 minutes trying to pivot off of. Um What if we take out Hoffman and put in Herman? Does that do anything for us? That leaves us with 7,700 per player. That means we can fit in Chris Kirk and have $7,800 left. I would rather play Kucher over Kirk. Really? I mean, we can, yeah. play, we can play them both in this scenario. We could actually do that. Oh, what about Siwoo, though? I, I don't think Siwoo should ever make a play the best plays lineup. I, <laughs> I, tried, that, I tried that last week. Didn't go well. <laughs> That's fair. Um, we could just end with Kucher and Kirk. All right, so we'll do that. Connors, Neiman, Harmon, Grio, Kirk, Kucher. That's the play the best plays lineup team. And it even leaves $200 on the table if you really wanted to. Uh, you could get from Hoffman up to Rose or Horschel, or you could go from, let's see here. What's I mean, you could go to Finau or Scheffler from Connors if you wanted to. Too. Our, our only other option, I feel like, would be to like put Whaley in and then just add in another stud. Like take out Kirk and, and Kucher and do that. Take out? Okay, so Whaley at 6200 put him in there. That leaves us with $9,200 left now. Wow. So we can play Woodland, M. Kokrak, Rose, Horschel, or Hoffman. You know what? Throw Kokrak. Throw Kokrak in there. In the, in, the best, in the play the best plays lineup, the answer is Hoffman. Is it over Kokrak? I think so, yeah. Like, there's a reason that Hoffman's going to be like 25% owned. So our choice is Whaley and Hoffman or Kirk and Kucher, hey? You know what? Let's go Whaley and Hoffman. Let's All do right. it. Whaley and Hoffman. Connors, Neiman, Harmon, Grio, Whaley, Hoffman. Five, like with $500 left on the table, too. We're, we could upgrade Grio to 8400 Nostrilman, Wallace, Tringali, Snedeker. Eh, take a pass Stenson. on that. We could get up to Phil if we wanted to. Probably don't need to do that. We could go from Neiman or Connors up to, like, the Zalatoris answer range. Like, we could go from we could go from Connors to answer if we wanted to. I like answer over Connors, but it's... I admit that, like, it's, you know... I I, th- is- I personally think that it's a wash between those two guys. Yeah. We could go from Neiman to Answer, but, yeah, we'll throw Answer in there. We'll leave Cor- Corey Connors on the bench. Okay, let's do that. Let's bench Connors. All right, so the official play, the play the best play is lineup. Answer, Neiman, Harmon, Grio, Hoffman, Vince Whaley. Okay, I like it. <laughs> All right, there we go. Leaves 200 Taking advantage of that cheap Whaley, man. I mean, look, he's, it's a big discount. She, there's one player, and then we try to do this at the end of every show, that I just I rescan the board and figure out a player that we just didn't mention once who really deserves to be mentioned. Lee Westwood. $7,600. Okay. He had it kind of going at Byron Nelson after day one, and he had it going for like the first two days of the PGA Championship. 
I mean, I've, I was, I've been thinking about Lee Westwood, but I've been more thinking about him for like the open championship to grab a win there. But you're right. I mean, he's looked like the last two times out more closer to that form than like that we saw from him at the players near Palmer. Right. So I could see it. I mean, in that range, you're going to have to decide. I mean, you know, I threw out Kucher already, but Kucher will get some ownership. But if you want to really low and play, like I would probably feel a little bit more confident over him versus Sergio. Maybe Sergio has like the better upside, you could argue, but I don't even know. I mean, Westwood just about won the players like a couple months ago. So I can get behind it. Do you like him over Poulter or no? I like Poulter this week. I do. I do like Poulter. I like Poulter at this course, just with the scorching hot putter. I think TD Green, I would trust Westwood a little bit more. What do you think Brennan Grace came at the PGA Championship when all was said and done? Oh, good question. T30. T38. Wow. Felt more than I thought. Him and Bizet had a brutal Sunday. They yeah. did not have fun. But out, uh, I was trying to, on Saturday, I was like, well, I have one pretty good six to six on the go in the Millionaire Maker. I was like, it probably requires Bazadenhout to win by five strokes, but I'm like, yeah, I'm going to let this play out. But then it, it was like Hideki, like going into Saturday, I was like, this team's not bad. Hideki, it was Hideki, Bazadenhout, Lowry, someone and someone, and it had Webb, and Webb was my shitty guy, but he went and posted like a four under Saturday morning. I was like, okay, yeah. we're, we're in business now. Then everyone else sucked. I uh, I had a similar experience. You know, Lowry put uh, you know a lineup that I didn't think I had any chance of cashing in the cash, and then Cantlay came along and tripled the 17th and took it out of the cash. So that was fun. Good <laughs> good times. Had bio. What you got going on this week for golf coverage? Oh, you know, just the usual uh, at DK Nation, uh, uh, DraftKings playbook there. Got the cheat sheet up. So check that out. I'll tweet it out on Twitter. You can follow me at the Fantasy Grind. Uh, definitely give me a follow there. Got some stuff going on at Awesomeo as well. We do group bets now. So our favorite plays of the week. I don't think we fit one yet, but you know, Roz is in there. So probably have his, his Lahiri play. I'll try and get someone better than that in there this week though. But check it out both sites. Uh, appreciate it as always. And appreciate you, Pat, for having me on, buddy. Of course, if you're going to keep giving out 200 to 1 winners now that we've bet two. Hey, you bet you better hey, fucking Rogers win this week sleep. by the way. We just bet the two same <laughs> guys. They Rogers. bet they better win. Like you're guaranteeing they're going to win. They better win. That's right. 100% <laughs> Yeah, 100% hit rate on 200 to 1. It's funny cuz the last time that you and I like had a big like 1v1 discussion in a price range, I think it was Cam Smith versus someone at Sony the year that Cam Smith won the Sony. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, weren't you against me on Cam Smith? I was. <laughs> it's true. Some good. Uh, it's a good memory, but I remember that actually. But I don't feel like we had that. I guess right this week it's. We red. didn't. I really. You, you. The mojo's gone here. But we're both on Stenson, which I actually like. Just play him maybe for a top ten mixed in too, in case he doesn't actually win. No, he's definitely going to win, guaranteed. That's what your words, not mine. Guaranteed, Hendrick okay. Stenson, two hundred to yes. one winner. Spend the money right now because it's going to be in your bank in like five days time. So that's the way you should think about it. At the Fantasy Grind on Twitter, Jeff Ulrich. You can follow me at the PME, fantasynational.com slash Mayo to get 20% off. Smash a like, leave a comment, sub to the pod, subscribe to Mayo Media Network and the newsletter listeners league link in the description of the video and podcast. Thank you all for watching. Check out the Europick show up on Mayo Media Network right now. Spoiler, Guido, 45 to 1. That's the bet. And I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!